food in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Good Wednesday morning to you, January 4th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend, bringing you a little love in 2023. You know, we were going to open the show with that (laughs) yesterday because it was the first day of our New Year show, and then we were hijacked by a little technical difficulty, so we didn't get a chance to play that. So we played it this morning to uh, bring in the new year, as we always like to do, with a little love. Any day of the year is a good day to start with that song. Boy, how can you not just feel God's love after listening to that? We live in a world that needs a lot of it, too. Yes, we do. (laughs) And every day. So, uh, But we'll do that today with uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. So good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. I got my—we talked yesterday a little bit about our resolutions, and so my resolution was to kind of get the overindulgence under control— uh, so yesterday was the first day of doing that. I slept so much better. Nice. Just having not overindulged with an extra piece of pie in the evening, a late night cup of coffee that would keep me up. I slept like a baby last night. So well, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm nice today. So there you there go. There you go. Just to get you off track, today's National Spaghetti Day. Oh, no. So go home and have yourself <laughs> a big plate of spaghetti. I am convinced that spaghetti noodles, while it is a small amount on your plate actually swell and grow in your stomach and that's why uh, you want to take a little nap after a big Italian dinner like that. You know it's interesting because on New Year's Eve we had spaghetti for dinner. Oh did you really? And I made a nice sauce. In fact my daughter had she made a sauce homemade sauce Uh that I used as the base for it and so that's what we had. So when I saw today was National Spaghetti Day I was like yeah I beat you to the punch. I added a couple days ago. So as my very good Italian grandmother taught all of us, you know, when you make that homemade sauce, you make a really big pot of it. Right. So that way you eat some of it and then the rest of it, you know, some then goes in the refrigerator for a second meal and then the rest of it goes into the freezer. Right. Yeah. For another batch later on. Well, I have that bag of homemade sauce. I had every intention of feeding it to my kids over the Christmas break. We never got around to it. But yeah, there is something like it's like a, a kiss of love yeah. from uh, your Italian grandmother who uh, makes homemade sauce. I, I do like spaghetti, but like you said, it's you got to be, yeah, mm-hmm. in limited amounts, that's for sure, but it is very tasty. Speaking of spaghetti, which makes me think of Italy, obviously, and uh, we have a really great interview to start this morning. Monsignor John Syak from Christ the King Parish in Milwaukee is going to join us. And he was in Italy for, I'll have to ask him how many years he was there, but he served under Pope Benedict. 
He did. In fact, if you Google Monsignor Syke, you'll find pictures of him uh, with Pope Francis, who yeah. he left under his tenure. But there are also images, I think, that Aaron showed me, our uh, engineer, of Monsignor Syke literally carrying his hand mm-hmm. and helping him in his older years to kind of, you know, maneuver the steps there at St. Peter's. So he had a very close connection, I think, with Pope Benedict. So I'm really looking forward to talking more with him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got some wonderful stories. We, we've talked to him before about mm-hmm. being in Italy and uh, serving as what they call the MC. The MC. I always love that. He's the MC. While the presider is the one that's saying the Mass, the MC is making sure all those altar servers and deacons and extra priests all lined up where they need to be. Yeah, so anyway, he's going to join us here just shortly, like 710. He'll be with us or a little after that. So you get a chance to hear from Monsignor Syak and his reflections on Pope Benedict. So we do have a great show ahead. All right. So stay with us. Joshua Blakesley is going to start us now with Christmas music. You know, we are still in that Christmas season. I was going to take my Christmas tree down over the weekend, but I was reminded it is not Epiphany yet, so we can keep this party going. Here is Joshua Blakesley and We Three Kings. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Joshua Blakesley and We Three Kings. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Wednesday morning. So Epiphany this Sunday. It is. Yes. So coming right up. Yeah, We Three Kings. We Three Kings, so there you go. Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to touch base with Monsignor John Syak at Christ the King Parish in Milwaukee. He's going to talk about his time in Italy that he spent with Pope Benedict. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Dei Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MonterdayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 713 at Day Radio. Is it just me or has it been a very windy Last it's just you. Is it just me? No, <laughs> no it's, it's not. It's been windy. Yeah. You're right. I know. Well, another wind advisory is in effect uh, three this afternoon, and it'll last until 10 tomorrow morning. So that's 
pretty much in the greater Portland, Vancouver area, up in the gorge, even windier. So uh, be prepared for that. Going to be around 43 degrees today, 80% chance of showers. That'll decrease overnight to about 40%, low of 43. Going to be kind of warmish tomorrow, 80% chance of rain, but close to 50 degrees. <laughs> so yeah, with the wind comes, I guess, a little warmer weather. Currently, it is 38 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 40 degrees at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. Well, as the world focuses on the life of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, funeral plans are underway. Well, this morning we are joined today by someone who spent a little bit of time serving at the Vatican and with Pope Benedict, Monsignor John Syak from... Christ the King Church in Milwaukee is joining us today to share a little bit about his experience with Pope Benedict. Good morning, Monsignor Syak. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, good morning, Brenda and David and all of our listeners out there. It's great to, great to join you this morning and uh, happy to, to have this time together to, as we remember, Pope Benedict XVI. Monsignor Syak, for our listeners and us, remind us, how long were you at the Vatican, and how did your, maybe, journey land you this position at the Vatican? Yeah, it was, it was a little bit surprising. You know, I'm a priest of the Archdiocese. I grew up in Corvallis, and and uh, in 2009, I, I was uh, asked to go back to the Vatican to work at the Holy See in the, in the Congregation for Bishops. That's the office that, that uh, handles all the uh, bishop selections with the Holy Father. And Pope Benedict was, was Pope at the time. And then a year into that assignment, I got added another assignment, which was to become a papal master of ceremonies, which is one of, uh, there's a small team of priests uh, who, who help run all the papal liturgies. And so that, <clears throat> that put me in, in close contact with, with Pope Benedict for, for um, well, I was there for, for four years of his pontificate. Uh, one is just in the congregation, and then three more as, uh, as a papal master of ceremonies. But, but I think, you know, as I look back, uh, my contact with, with him first came through theology. You know, when I was, I was finishing my undergrad uh, work at, at Notre Dame and, and was really thinking about the, the priesthood, and I first started to come across his writings, and I just really fell in love with his, his thought and his, his ability to articulate the truths of the faith in a way that were very relevant to the contemporary situation. He had an ability to engage other ideas, even ideas, secular ideas, and, and non-Christian ideas, and, and could also speak to the believer about his or her own faith. And I think that's where it kind of all began, when, as, as coming across Joseph Ratzinger and, and his great theological writings. Monsignor Sayak, so when you had your first experience and then when you um, were placed in as a, as MC, as part of this team of priests that oversaw liturgy, when you encountered uh, Pope Benedict, uh, you know, liturgy was so important to him. Kind of talk to us a little bit about uh, your experience as MC and how Pope Benedict valued the importance of beautiful sacred liturgy. Absolutely, you know he he the liturgy the sacred liturgy is very uh, dear to his heart, and he and and that's also from his own stance as a Christian is that we know that that the Eucharistic sacrifice is the source and summit of the Christian life, right? Of being able to share in Christ's once and for all sacrifice on Calvary that brings salvation to the world, and that always has to be the center and the source uh, and and again the summit of of who we are as Christians uh, and becoming like Christ and. 
and to see uh, how he wanted the liturgy to be according to the mind and heart of the Church. He really wanted to uh, reconcile uh, certain aspects of the of the con- contemporary liturgy, the liturgy of, of the Second Vatican Council, with the, her past, um, and to to see um, how to draw, you know, really to uh, I would say come to a real deeper understanding of what it means to be actively participating in the liturgy, which is primarily, and we, we forget about this sometimes, is the interior participation of mind and heart in what, in what is happening at any given point in the Mass. And, and so uh, we, 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 we sought to model that in the papal liturgies, uh, and and uh, it was just uh, extraordinary to be, to be with them. I just remember the first time of, you know, because when we go to... Uh, uh, run the, one of the liturgies, you know, we'd be in the sacristy, and the sacristy, the papal sacristy in St. Peter's is by the Pieta, if you've ever been in St. Peter's Basilica, you know, the Pieta area is kind of glassed off, and back there is, is the little sacristy, and I just remember the first time meeting him back there in this little room, and he, he walks in, and, you know, and this is the thing, too, that we always have to remember is that the the mainstream media kind of portrayal of who he was is was completely inaccurate. I mean, Pope Benedict was a man of of gentleness and of, of friendliness, uh, authenticity, you, you know, and when when he came to talk to me, uh, and I know other people had the same experience, is that when, when he spoke to you, it was, it was as if you were the only person that mattered at that moment. And and I, I just felt such warmth and, and a real Christian joy from him. Uh, and he just, and he loved being in the liturgy, you know, and, his, and uh, one of the things that has really stuck with me as well is, his preaching, uh, so he had such penetrating insights into the faith, and even his preaching. I remember any number of times uh, during a papal mass is just being struck by something that he said, and it would just stay with me for weeks. You know, it was, it's uh, to be able to ponder. He had such, again, such penetrating insight into the mysteries of the faith. We're speaking with Monsignor John Syak. He is the pastor at Christ the King Parish here in Milwaukee. And you kind of answered my question, Monsignor, and that was outside of the Mass and the liturgy, did you have a chance to sit down just and visit with Pope Benedict? Was that ever an opportunity for you? Yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was cuz so often in in the when you're working in the Holy See, you know, you're working for the Holy Father, but you don't always get to like rub elbows with him. Right. There's, you know, <laughs> just the way the, <laughs> sure. the nature of the work and whatnot. Um, but when he when he retired in in and resigned in in 2013, um, I didn't get to see much of him, but then when I was leaving the Holy See in 2018, uh, he, I was approached by by Archbishop Ganswein, who's his secretary, and we've known each other for all all during the time I was I was working at the Vatican. And he came up to me after one of the papal masses with Pope Francis, and he just said, "Hey, you know, I understand you're you're you know you'll be leaving for home, and uh, and he said, would would you like to come and have a, a visit with Pope Benedict before you leave?" And I'm like. Would I? Yeah, that's an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> exactly, and and so uh, he uh, he invited me, and I, I uh, came over to the Vatican Gardens where the, where his monastery is, and and uh, it's during the time in the evening where he he uh, walks and prays his rosary, and so he was came out on a one of the, one of the benches there in the Vatican Gardens, and we sat down and we spoke together one on one for about twenty minutes, wow. and. And it was real again. It was an experience of. I mean, there's there's such a humanity about him. Like he, 
he just uh, had a warmth and a, you know, he, he asked me about, you know, uh, where I was from. And I, you know, I told him, you know, about Portland, I told him about Archbishop Sample. He says, Oh, you know, please encourage him and what he's doing there. And, you know, I, I know that, that Portland, it can be a difficult mission for, for Christians. And, um, and then we talked about my, my doctoral thesis, because I wrote on Hans Urs von Balthasar, who was a friend of his. And, hmm. and, and again, he just kind of dove into some of the ideas of, you know, I shared with him some of my, the ideas of my thesis. And he like, took him up and started to think about them and share his thoughts with me about it. Just like, wow. you know, kind of like, you know, spontaneous theology happening right in that moment. And, uh, and, he, and again, just to, to encourage me of, you know, I told him I was going home to, to, you know, take up a parish life again in, mm-hmm. in the diocese and, and, uh, you know, and he encouraged me. And, uh, it was just one of these moments of, of a lifetime. Yeah. For sure. You know, I look look back on that. I think here here I am, just this kid from Corvallis, and yeah. you know, from a diocese that's you know in the in the universal church is not that well known. Sure. Know, it's kind of yeah. You know, Oregon is not always in the forefront of people's minds around the world, and here I am sitting with the successor of Peter, and and just and I knew you know I knew this all the time. I mean, from the moment I first met him personally, is in the presence of greatness and and a a, a man who loved Jesus Christ like. Mm-hmm intensely yeah. and he lo- and who loved the church and and wanted her to flourish and wanted people to come into that saving intimate encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, it's incredible. Monsignor Syke, with just um, a moment uh, left in our time together, can you maybe just, and, and it might be relatively impossible, I think, but the, what is the legacy now, uh, uh, the imprint on the Catholic Church because of Pope Benedict's papacy? Yeah, I would I would say uh, twofold. Uh, one is is theological, and uh, especially around the around faith, you know, and and helping people to believe and to come to to faith and the and the reasonability of our Christian faith and how it can speak to the to the hearts and minds of people today. I think that's that's a, that's a big one. He has a theological legacy that's going to be. I mean, he had a big impact on on theology. Uh, and and a whole generation of theologians, uh, myself included, and and the the second thing I to to is this the sacred liturgy, mm. and that we uh, we need to keep the the Eucharistic sacrifice again as the source and summit, and in a hermeneutic of continuity, right in a in a way that is that is that is harmonious with the Church's past, uh, because that because that that has the great ability to again to 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 uh, speak to the to the present age and and i think those are the two big big legacies that that he that he will leave for us oh for sure well monsignor sayak thank you so much for your time today just to give us a little bit of insight into the life of pope benedict before we go today will you lead us in prayer absolutely in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Heavenly Father, at the beginning of this day, we ask you to pour your grace and blessing upon us. We lift up to you the soul of Pope Benedict XVI, that you would receive him into the arms of your mercy, that you would grant him eternal life, that you would draw us all closer to you in the heart of your Son, uh, through the, the immaculate heart of his blessed Mother. Fill us with the Holy Spirit today to drive from us all fears and anxiety, that you would build up your love within us, And we ask, too, for the special intercession of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, 
and that she may intercede for, for all those who are listening this morning. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Oh, Monsignor Syke, thank you so very much for your your insight today and your time in that beautiful prayer. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You too. God bless. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been. And you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 727 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you want to eat healthy in the new year? We'll give you the top choice coming up in the news. And Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's body lie in state in Basilica of St. Peter. Vatican has released the details of his Requiem Mass. I'll have that for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Dana Catherine and Beautiful Love. And we are the Morning Blend and Mater Day Radio. It's getting harder to separate when you're farther. I feel out of place, out of place. It's like your gravity is beckoning, begging me to stay in your beautiful
That is Dana Catherine and Beautiful Love. 731 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, the Holy See Press Office released details of the Requiem Mass, which Pope Francis will preside over on Thursday for the repose of the soul of the late Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Devin Watkins from Vatican News has more details. The rite was taken largely from the rite of Christian burial of a supreme pontiff with several modifications. Matteo Bruni, the director of the Holy See Press Office, told reporters that some parts have been added while others more relevant to the death of a reigning pope have been taken out. As an example, he said the supplications for the Diocese of Rome and the Oriental Churches have been removed, while the readings have also been changed. Well, the mortal remains of Pope Emeritus Benedict have been transferred to the Basilica of St. Peter, where they will lay in state for three days to offer the faithful an opportunity for prayer and to pray their, pay their final respects to the former Supreme Pontiff. Now, Pope Emeritus' body resting in front of the altar of confession is vested in traditional red liturgical garments with a miter, but without the pallium. The later is a symbol of jurisdiction, which is normally not used for a retired prelate. A simple rosary is held interlaced in his fingers. Well, if one of your New Year's resolutions is to eat healthier, Mm -hmm. look look no further (laughs) than the tried and true Mediterranean diet. For the sixth year in a row, the Mediterranean style of eating earned the title of best overall diet, according to the 2023 ratings announced yesterday by U.S. News & World Report. So numerous studies have found the Mediterranean diet can reduce the risk for diabetes, high cholesterol, dementia, memory loss, depression, and breast cancer. Now, the diet, which is really more of an eating style than a restricted diet, has also been linked to stronger bones, a healthier heart, and longer life. Now, the diet features simple plant-based cooking, with the majority of each meal focused on fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans and seeds with a few nuts, and a heavy emphasis on extra virgin olive oil. So we were talking about this being National Mm -hmm. Spaghetti Day at the top of the show. And so the sauce that I made a couple of nights ago, we actually made with tempeh. Tempeh. Tempeh in it rather than a meat product. And it was very tasty. I mean, literally, I sauteed the tempeh along with onions and garlic and olive oil and then added the sauce and very tasty. I love it. Yeah. It, it just seems to me the thing that is really striking about that Mediterranean diet is these natural foods. That's There's right. not a lot of processing. Yeah. Uh, there is some whole wheat bread, so we're not using the white flour that's right. really prevalent in our diets. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that's fantastic. It's great. It is very tasty. Well, the hallmark of OSV News, a new Catholic news service that launched January 1st, is to provide news and content that speaks to the truth in charity in a way that unites, said OSV publisher Scott Richard. Catholic media company Our Sunday Visitor created OSV News last year to fill the anticipated void from the December 30th closure of Catholic news services. The news agency founded in 1920 and owned by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. 
In May, CNS announced that the USCCB had decided to close CNS domestic bureaus in New York and Washington, D.C., eliminating its national news and most of its international news coverage. The USCCB continues to operate CNS Rome Bureau with reports on the Pope and matters pertaining to the Holy See. Well, here is something pretty cool to check out in the sky this month. It's a newly discovered comet. It was the first one spotted last March as it passed near Jupiter. Now, it will pass through the inner solar system coming closest to the Earth on February 2nd, although January 21st might be the best time to catch a glimpse because that's the date of the new moon. So that means a dark sky. Oh, okay. You have the the moon brightening the sky. Now, NASA reports the new comet won't be quite as bright as 2020's Comet Neowise. Do you remember Comet Neowise? I'm trying to think back. Mm, uh, I'm not sure. I, it seems like I can remember uh, summertime, though, going out and yeah. looking at a comet. I remember Comet Hale-Bopp. Remember Hale-Bopp. that one? Yeah, you could see that one. That was that was a good one. I can't remember what year that was. It goes back a ways. So this name, the name of the comet to view, C-2022. <laughs> That's it. That's the official name. Uh, And it's supposed to be fairly bright. Whether or not you'll be able to see it with the naked eye just all depends. Probably a good set of binoculars will help. NASA says observers in the northern hemisphere will find the comet in the morning sky. So darker morning skies as it moves swiftly toward the northwest during January. And the uh, clouds would have to definitely clear in order for us to get a glimpse. That, That might be a bigger problem than the dark sky. Well, Senator Patty Murray of Washington on Tuesday became the first female Senate president pro tempore, the second highest ranking position in the chamber. The president pro tempore ranks second under the president of the Senate, who is the vice president and presides over the floor in the vice president's absence. Since the mid 20th century, the president pro tempore has been the senior member of the majority party out of tradition. Well, Senator Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat of California, 89 years old, is the most senior Democrat in the upper chamber, having served since 1992, but she declined the role of president pro temporary after the November midterm elections. Murray, who is 72 years old, is the next most senior Democrat, having served in the Senate since 1993. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is is very interesting. In sports, the Portland Trailblazers begin a three-game road trip tonight when they face the Timberwolves in Minnesota. Contest tips at 5 o'clock. Now, following Monday's home victory over Detroit, Portland sports a record of 19 wins, 17 losses. Along with the win over the Pistons, Blazer fans got their first look at Gary Payton II, who had yet to play this season while recovering from off-season core muscle surgery. While playing limited minutes, Payton showed his potential, scoring seven points, dishing four assists, and grabbing two rebounds. I just read now uh-huh. he is questionable for tonight's what? game. He sprained his ankle in the game. Wow. Monday evening. Now they think he'll play, but okay. it's just like the guy can't catch a break. So hopefully his ankle's going to be fine, but uh, he'll be back in. The other good news, too, was Portland Center. Yusuf Nurkic was back in the lineup following an illness. So uh, hopefully they're getting back to full strength here. Well, when discussing various teachings of the faith, the word catechism will often be brought up. 
But what does the word catechism actually mean? Yes. Well, according to the Catholic Encyclopedia, the word catechism stems from a Greek word that is found in the Gospels. The word catechesis means instruction by word of mouth, especially by questioning and answering. Though it may be applied to any subject matter, it is commonly used for instruction in the elements of religion, especially preparation for initiation into Christianity. So a catechism is simply a printed version of this concept featuring questions and answers on all aspects of Christian life. Now, the Catholic Church has many different catechisms in her history, the most well-known being the Roman Catechism from the Council of Trent and the Catechism of the Catholic Church stemming from the Second Vatican Council. Besides these universal catechisms, local bishops have produced their own catechisms, such as the Baltimore. The Baltimore. I've always heard of that Yep, one. Yeah. the Baltimore Catechisms in the United States. Now, catechisms remain a vital part of the church's life as they contain a synopsis of what the Catholic Church teaches, making the faith intelligible for people in their contemporary context. So why did Baltimore get to be the city of the catechism? I'm sure that is because that is the bishop that wrote the Baltimore Catechism, All right? right? I, I think I learned that as a child. I started a group last night from Holy Redeemer. We are doing the catechism in a year. And so we're meeting weekly to talk about what we've learned and any questions that we have and uh, to kind of support each other. It's a 365-day study. So All right. we'll see how well I do. So you'll soon be a catechism scholar is what you're telling me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Ask okay. me anything. Okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Thursday at 5.30 p.m., there is the Mass for the Soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI that is happening at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. All are invited to this Mass for the Soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI to be celebrated by Archbishop Sample and concelebrated by priests in the Archdiocese. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And speaking of which, Archbishop Sample was on Catholic Answers Live talking about Pope Benedict. We're going to hear a snippet of that coming up right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Please join me, Father Tony Galati, in the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits, who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, 
please visit us online at matradeiradio.com or check the prayer section of the new Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree. But we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 7.44 at Mater Day Radio. Well, there is a wind advisory that goes into effect at 3 this afternoon. It'll last until 10 tomorrow morning. Could see gusts into the 30-mile-an-hour range, so uh, be ready for that. We'll have a high of 43 degrees today, 80% chance of showers, 40% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 43, and then about an 80% chance of rain, and again, breezy for Thursday with a high of 49. Currently, it is 39 degrees at St. Michael's Catholic Church in Sandy. And it is 39 degrees at St. Paul Church in Eugene. Well, yesterday... Excuse me, on Monday, Archbishop Sample was on Catholic Answers Live, and it was a really intriguing discussion on Pope Benedict and the impact that Pope Benedict had on Archbishop Sample. I have now for you a clip of that conversation. Uh, One of the things that uh, you are known for, and I I think that maybe the the font of this, part at least partially the font of this is the life and work of, of Benedict XVI is is the holiness of the liturgy, uh, the power of the liturgy when properly celebrated. Uh, was he uh, was he meaningful to you as a liturgical reformer? My entire, quite honestly, my entire liturgical outlook uh, is formed uh, by Pope Benedict XVI. I'm, I, I think he, I honestly believe that his writings and his practice of the sacred liturgy will be one of his greatest legacies that will be recognized in, in time. It began influencing me very, very early on in my life. In fact, uh, this is my original copy of the Feast of Faith, uh, which Pope Benedict, the then jo- Joseph Ratzinger, wrote in 1981. I, I began reading this just as I was beginning my uh, theological studies, and so we, we tend to we associate him with the spirit of the liturgy, which is his monumental work and is really his signature work on the sacred liturgy. But it really began earlier than that with the Feast of Faith. So very early on at the beginning of my seminary formation, I began to be formed by the mind and the heart uh, and the spirituality of uh, Pope Benedict XVI around the sacred liturgy. And I think it will be one of his greatest legacies. Uh, is can you help us get past that? I mean, one of the things that we, you got to do when you talk about Pope Benedict, you get, get past a lot of caricatures of him, and and one of those would be that this idea that well, there's the old liturgy, uh, and uh, he's just a guy who was attached to the old liturgy and did everything he can to to go backwards liturgically. No, this is completely a misrepresentation of the mind of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. It really is, even though. He is responsible for uh, introducing a, a greater uh, ability to celebrate the traditional mass in the church. That was not his intent. His intent was clearly, and he said it many, many times, and he said it to me personally, in personal conversation, that his intent was to, to bring about a reconciliation in the heart of the church 
uh, of the church with her past. Uh, this whole idea of seeing both the liturgical and the theological development of the, after the council with this hermeneutic of continuity with the past, that there should be and cannot be a rupture. The church did not literally hit a reset button at the Second Vatican Council. And so his intent liturgically was to reconcile the church with her past because he clearly had seen that there had been a rupture in the reform. We, he often would speak of the need for a reform of the reform. And that was his real intent, was to certainly honor the Second Vatican Council and Sacrosanctum Concilium and, the, and the, the renewal of the sacred liturgy. He was one of the scholars who sought to bring about this, this liturgical movement, inspired by Romano Guardini. Um, but he wanted it to be in continuity with the past. And so he felt that we needed to recover some of what had been lost uh, in the liturgical reform and recover the sacredness of the liturgy, the beauty of the liturgy. Um, and that was his intent, not to be a, uh, just a, a throwback to the, to the past, but to, to look to the future, but deeply rooted and connected with the tradition, especially the liturgical tradition. Excellency, in his interview uh, with the Italian journalist that became uh, uh, what, what Ignatius Press published as the Ratzinger Report, um, he makes the point that in uh, uh, Sacrosanctum Concilium, there is that phrase in the Latin, I think it's something like participio actuosa or something like that, active participation. And he said, this is one of, this is one of the, the most misunderstood yes. passages uh, of, of the document. And he goes on to say that it, it became widely interpreted as um, a, a sort of a need that was felt for a large number of people sort of, you know, to be doing something. And yes. so and so now we have lots of lady who are looking for work in the sanctuary and then we have people in the um in the in, in the in the nave and they're moving their arms up and down and and this sort of thing. And and he said this is missing it entirely. Absolutely. The whole idea and, and remember he was a, a peritus, an expert, uh, a theological expert at the council. He is deeply rooted in the council and the meaning of the council. And that whole phrase, that whole idea of full conscious active participation of the faithful in the sacred liturgy was meant primarily to refer to the mind and the heart being fully engaged in the liturgical action, not in activity. In other words, those engaged in the sacred liturgy don't need to always be saying something or doing something. It's about entering into the sacred mystery to be truly, consciously, actively engaged in the action that is happening in the liturgy, the action of Christ in the liturgy. And, you know, the, the, there was a recognition that there had been a disconnect, you know, perhaps before the council where people were not really fully engaged in the liturgical action and plugged in, as we say, and oftentimes doing other prayers and devotions, perhaps. And this was the intent of the council, was to re-engage the congregation, the assembly gathered in prayer, with the action at the altar, but primarily mind and heart. That's what full, active, conscious participation meant in the, in the mind of the council fathers. And in fact, it may be that, Sai, uh, a, a, a little more silence, in fact, would um, yes. facilitate that active participation. Absolutely. In fact, Pope Benedict, in, in uh, the, the spirit of the liturgy, even goes so far as to say 
that perhaps from time to time, even parts of the Eucharistic prayer, the canon of the Mass, could be said silently, uh, as it was in the traditional liturgy, to allow people to prayerfully enter in. I deliberately, even when I, uh, and he says this in here as well, even when there's uh, no music at the time of the offertory prayers, I say those prayers silently, as he even recommends, because it gives people a chance to pray, enter in spiritually into the action of what's happening. Because sometimes we can get too distracted by the words and the actions and always needing to, to do or say something. Well, yeah, and in fact, you had mentioned that he's heavily, heavily influenced by Romano Guardini. And in, in Guardini's excellent book on, I think it's called The Art of Prayer, he says, unless you're collected, unless you have collectedness, this is the word that Guardini uses, you can't pray. You have to be collected first. And then silence facilitates that. Uh, Bishop, I I do want to take advantage uh, a little bit of the fact that we have you here to ask you about maybe some of your private conversations with Pope Benedict on liturgy. Because I know you... you, Go ahead, please. Yeah, you know, I was always a a great admirer of his work on the liturgy, and I told him so. And and there were many times when maybe just to give us a brief conversation after a general audience, I would always say to him, thank you again, Holy Father, for your work on the sacred liturgy. And he got to know me after a while. And I remember one time I said to him, I want to thank you so much for the incredible effort and work that you're putting into the sacred liturgy. And he said to me just very simply in that wonderful German accent in English, he says, well, if we don't have the liturgy, what do we have? Right. Yeah. And uh, and then during our Lehman visit in 2012, I spoke to him during our, our audience with the Holy Father about the sacred liturgy. And he launched into a lengthy catechesis on the sacred liturgy and even on Summorum Pontificum and why he issued Summorum Pontificum and this whole idea of reconciling the church with her past. And then in the final conversation I had with him, he granted me a private audience, God bless him, about a year after he had resigned from the papacy. And he gave me 15 minutes uh, to have conversation with him. And I asked him, what is your advice to a bishop in the church today to continue your work in the sacred liturgy? And he said two things. Number one, teach, 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 and give good example. Give give good example of how the liturgy should be celebrated with beauty, with reverence, with dignity. And that's what he did in his own witness. He taught, but he also showed us how the sacred liturgy can and should be celebrated with that great beauty and dignity and reverence. What a grace to have 15 minutes with this capital heart and mind. So you met with him in the monastery where he was living there? Just outside the monastery. Uh, he and Archbishop Gonshrein go for a walk in the Vatican Gardens every evening to pray the rosary before dinner. And I was it was arranged that I would meet with them as they came in from their rosary walk just before they went into the uh, monastery. So uh, we got to visit for a while. I said... Uh, I said to the Holy Father, I said, yes, I was going to say you, you appointed me Archbishop of Portland and I never got to thank you. So I got the words out. I, I, you appointed me the Archbishop of Portland. He says, yeah. He says, you was one of my last appointments. <laughs> so he, he obviously uh, re- remembered uh, the appointment. Uh, yeah. So he, he figured I've, I've done as good as I can do now. I might as well just resign. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
And that is our Archbishop Alexander Sample in this segment on Catholic Answers. Archbishop Sample and host Dina Marie spent a longer time talking yesterday on their episode of The Voice of the Shepherd. You can listen to that show. It's a podcast on our webpage, materdayradio.com, or you can listen to its full show on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi everyone, this is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you were a Southwest Airlines passenger over the holidays, uh, you might have a little bonus coming your way. We'll tell you about it in the news. And an outpouring of prayers for NFL player DeMar Hamlin from his Catholic high school have an update on his condition for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey guys, I'm Alina with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Okay, United States citizens, this is our moment to shine. Today we celebrate the feast of the very first American to be canonized, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton. Born in New York in 1774, Elizabeth was born to an upper-class family of Episcopalians. It's said that she adored reading the Bible and other contemporary works and led a rather quiet life, despite her having been born wealthy. At the age of 19, Elizabeth married William Seton and together they had five children and enjoyed a blissful family life. However, after four years, William's father passed away, leaving them in charge of the family business as well as William's six half-brothers and sisters. Elizabeth and William tried to make the best of it, but things continued to get worse. The family business went under. At the same time, William began to get ill. In desperation, they sailed for Italy to help restore him. William made peace with God and soon died there in Italy. While enduring this great sadness, Elizabeth was befriended by William's business colleagues, who introduced her to Catholicism for the first time. She was utterly enraptured by 
by the idea of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. She studied more and more while in Italy, and when she returned to America, she realized she could no longer remain Episcopalian. In 1805, she joined the Catholic Church. Back in the U.S., her conversion caused her to be discriminated against socially. For example, when she opened a boarding school for girls in New York, the parents found out she was Catholic and they promptly withdrew their children. Friends and family also found her decision to convert offensive and ceased communicating with her. Despite the loneliness and financial hardship, Elizabeth stayed strong in her faith. Eventually, Seton was encouraged by some priest friends to move to Maryland with her children. There, she started a school for girls. Other Catholic women came to join her, and before you knew it, an entire religious order was forming. This became the first sisterhood established in the United States, and there are still six active branches of Seton's order thriving today. Hardship and difficulty are a natural part of living in a broken world, but out of hardship, if we allow it, something truly profound and beautiful can arise. Out of Elizabeth's grief, she found God in an even deeper way and left a beautiful legacy of faith and service for generations to come in our country. The difficult part is to embrace these hard lessons and to allow them to shape us into the saints we're each called to be. I know when sickness befalls my household, my inclination used to be despair. Now, especially since COVID, I've learned to embrace whatever situation our family is in with a lot less fury and a little more peace. Hard things just happen. It's a fact of life and we can't control it. The peace we choose to have during these situations will reveal Christ to those around you. It'll surprise you, but you actually have a lot more strength than you know. And God can do some crazy things through even the worst experiences. Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, help us to do the will of God with peace and acceptance like you did. Ora pro nobis. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Christmas resources, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at MontradeRadio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news this hour, after the Vatican announced the death of Pope Benedict on New Year's Eve, U.S. political leaders and Catholic lawmakers issued statements in memory of the retired Pope who led the global Catholic Church from 2005 to 2013. In a December 31st statement, President Joe Biden said he and First Lady Jill Biden joined Catholics around the world and so many others in mourning the passing of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Biden said Pope Benedict XVI will be remembered as a renowned theologian with a lifetime of devotion to the church, guided by his principles and faith. Now, Pope Benedict's papacy included a 2008 trip to the United States where he was hosted by then-President George W. Bush in a visit that included a celebration of the pontiff's 81st birthday. Now, White House Press Secretary told reporters Tuesday that Ambassador to the Holy See, Joe Donnelly, will attend Pope Emeritus Benedict's funeral on behalf of the United States on Thursday. And thousands of Catholics are converging on St. Louis from January 2nd to the 6th to adore Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, listen to talks about important topics, and celebrate their faith at the Seek 23 Conference. The annual Seek Conferences hosted by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students are for anyone 
interested in deepening their faith and spreading the gospel, whether on college campuses or in their home parish. Now, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this year is the first in-person national conference since 2019. For those unable to attend the in-person conference, Focus offers an online version of Seek 23 called Seek Where You Are, which is available for individuals, small groups, or parishes after the in-person conference, as well as a live Lenten Bible study. What do they say about Seek? You shall find. And you shall find. That's right. Well, if you were one of the thousands of passengers whose Southwest Airlines flight was canceled over the holidays, you may be getting a late Christmas gift, and that could come in frequent flyer bonus points. According to a report from CNN, which obtained an email from Southwest CEO Bob Jordan to select passengers, telling them they would receive frequent flyer bonus points as a gesture of goodwill. That's in addition to ticket reimbursements and refunds. The airline said the offer is being extended to travelers with flights canceled or delayed more than three hours between Christmas Eve and January 2nd. The offer comes as the airline is facing multiple investigations and at least one lawsuit over its cancellation of over 15,000 flights. <gasps> Whoa, really? At the peak holiday travel time. I saw some of the news accounts of people in the airport. It's just like, oh. Uh, that would be so frustrating. Wow. Uh, that uh, there was weather was definitely oh, a yeah. big part of that, but Southwest experienced something more than other airlines did. So yeah. I think they're trying to do their best to make it all better. Mm-hmm. Well, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest during an NFL football game Monday night, is receiving an outpouring of prayers and support from his Catholic high school in Pittsburgh, his former college, and from players around the league. The Central Catholic High School community is praying for the well-being and swift recovery of Damar Hamlin, class 2016. Mm -hmm. May the Lord be with him and his family during this most difficult time, Central Catholic High School said in a January 2nd Facebook post. Now, in a statement Tuesday, the bill said Hamlin suffered from cardiac arrest after the hit. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was brought to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center in an ambulance. Now, Hamlin received CPR while on the field, brought by on a stretcher, according to NFL.com. Now, Hamlin is sedated, listed in critical condition, the statement said from the NFL. Hamlin of Meeks Rocks, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. attended Pittsburgh's Central Catholic High School and was named the state's Class 4A Defensive Player of the Year while he was there. I saw, too, where he has a foundation, and it is amazing how many donations now have come in. I mean, like millions of dollars in support. It's a toy giveaway? Yeah, yeah. I read that too. I think they were looking for just $2,500. It's in the millions, like you said. Incredible. Well, he was one of those few men who had the right stuff. Hmm. Walter Cunningham, a retired NASA astronaut and pilot of the first crewed flight in the space agency's famed Apollo program, died early Tuesday morning at the age of 90, according to the space agency. Cunningham was one of the earliest members of NASA's human spaceflight program as a member of its third astronaut class, joining the space agency in 1963. 
He was selected to pilot Apollo 7, the first crewed mission of the NASA program that went on to land humans on the moon for the first time. Though he ventured into outer space only once, Cunningham went on to become a leader in NASA's Skylab program, the United States' first space station that orbited Earth from 1973 to 1979. Cunningham was the last surviving member of Apollo 7's crew, which also included astronauts Wally Schirra and Don Isley. Oh, uh, is that the right bit, stuff? That's yeah. a little bit of the right stuff. You know, when you watch that movie, and I really, I think I relate to it because of the wives in that. Yeah. How frightening. Oh. Because they're just so early in this rocket program, and they had to, you know, offer their husbands for the United States and mm-hmm. and just wish them well. You really start to feel kind of what they were going through yeah. uh, during that time. That's a great movie. Well, God rest his soul. Well, an abandoned church in downtown Portland caught fire early Tuesday evening. Dozens of fire crews were on scene working to put the flames out. Firefighters were first called around 5.30 p.m. to Southwest 10th Avenue and Clay Street. The building was formerly home to the Portland Korean Church, but had been permanently closed and vacant for years. Now, crews called additional resources to get the fire under control. Large plume of smoke could be seen for blocks. Fire crews said there was concern the church wall may collapse and take out the overhead streetcar power lines. The fire did get into the walls of the structure and possibly into the attic of the backside of the structure. But firefighters were able to quickly eliminate the fire. All the streets around the area will remain closed until this morning. But Portland Fire and Rescue suggests to avoid the area. Maybe plan ahead on your commute today. All right. In sports, the 2023 Major League Soccer schedule has been announced, and it features the earliest regular season opener in team history, as well as a total of 34 games stretching through the end of October. This Portland Timbers, of course. Timbers open up at home in less than two months. That's amazing. It seems like the season just ended. Uh, they'll open up against Sporting Kansas City on February 25th, with kickoff scheduled for 7.30 p.m. at Providence Park. The game marks the first Timbers game streamed on Apple TV Plus, the new home for every Timbers and MLS match. Remember that? Uh They made that deal. So that's the new thing. Okay. Streaming services to see your sports. Apple's got what? They've got some NFL games too, don't they? Uh, That is not Apple. That's uh, who's got that? It's um, uh, Prime. I think oh. it's Prime Video has... Uh, oh, Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Is I it see. Amazon Prime? I think that's uh-huh. who has the, yeah. that Thursday game. That Thursday night game. Right. All right. Well, just add one more streaming service for you. Well, born and raised in a prominent Episcopal family in the United States, Elizabeth Ann Seton had no intention of becoming Catholic. However, when she traveled to Italy and was immersed into a thriving Catholic culture, well, she began to have second thoughts about her faith. While there are many factors that led to her conversion to Catholicism, one of them, her fascination with the Eucharist. She knew there was something special about the Eucharist and wondered to herself if it was true that God himself was present under the appearance of the bread and wine. Well, slowly she became became even more acquainted with the teachings of the Catholic Church and her heart started to believe in them. 
Furthermore, she was struck by the fact that many Catholics would attend daily Mass, while most other Christian churches would close their doors between Sundays. Well, many other events and conversations contributed to her ultimate conversion to the Catholicism, which was completed in 1805 when she returned to New York. She would go on to become a pivotal leader in the Catholic Church in America and would feed her faith through daily reception of Holy Communion. What a fantastic yeah. saint to follow during this uh, Eucharistic revival that the church is going through now. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Church, Aloha. Yeah. Father Mewson. Fantastic. There you go. Have you been to that church before? I have. I'll have to check that one out. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Friday at 7 p.m. is a Misa Cantata for the Feast of Epiphany happening at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. All are invited to attend this Dominican Rite Mass with cantores in Ecclesia singing. And a reception in Siena Hall will follow. Please note, they say this replaces the regular First Friday devotions, usually on the calendar. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. And we have a homily highlight coming up with Father John Henderson at St. Anthony's Church in Tigard right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? The easiest way is Monterey Radio's Marian calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at MonterdayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork uplifting messages of faith, and a full listing of all Our Lady's feast days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary media app or MonterdayRadio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
And it is 814 here at Mozart Day Radio. Well, that next weather system moving in today, bringing with it pretty heavy rain and strong winds by later this afternoon. In fact, a wind advisory will go into effect for east metro areas near the gorge after 3 p.m. today. Now, the daytime high is going to reach today into the mid-40s. Then overnight, that rain, I guess it's going to keep up, but temperatures hitting right around the 40-degree mark, so not too much of a change in temperature. Then for Thursday, more rains, highs getting even a little warmer into the low 50s. You know, just as I get my yard cleaned up from the last windstorm, in comes another one. I'm just just battling all the time. That's it. You just got to keep up on it. I guess so. 37 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. And 44 degrees at St. Philip's Catholic Church in Woodland, Washington. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And here is Father John Henderson at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tigard. So my brothers and sisters, we continue this Christmas season and we celebrate January 1st, 2023 with the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. What a wonderful way to start off this new calendar year. And there are two things today that we all need to reflect on as we begin 2023. The first deals with shepherds. And the second is Mary, Mother of God. I put them in that order because that's what the gospel does. Today, the shepherds travel to Bethlehem to adore the newborn Jesus. And they did not have a GPS system to get them there, but rather the star, the light. And they followed that light all the way to the one who is light, the light of the world who shatters the darkness. And just imagine the joy and peace those shepherds must have experienced. We know this because of what we hear next. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. You know, when we see something spectacular, we share the news. How many times do we go somewhere, hear something, or see something, and let others know about it? You know, I I went with a couple of my very good friends to the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall this past December to hear a gospel choir sing. It was just awesome. They sang with the symphony, and that even made it more powerful. And afterwards, I just told a lot of people how good that was. You need to go and see it. It was a fantastic experience. But I also have to tell you, I also tell people how good our own choir is. And I tell a lot of people, come and see. It's fantastic. The shepherds came before the Magi. They came before the apostles. And they went from simple shepherds to dynamic disciples. Just like that. Shepherds stood on the bottom rung of the Palestinian social ladder. They meant nothing. 
And it's really interesting because only Luke mentions them. And as a side note, you know, Matthew gives us only Jesus' genealogy and focuses a lot on the Magi. John tells us of Jesus' deity, the Word made flesh. And Mark, well, he skips it all together, goes right to Jesus as an adult. It's only in the book of Luke that we're ushered into the holy moments surrounding Jesus' birth. And that includes the shepherds. Now these shepherds saw Jesus first. The first ones to be called. Imagine. And he was less than a week old in that manger. And their eyes open. And these simple shepherds go out. The announcement to the shepherds of Bethlehem I think really demonstrates God's love for the common people. You know, previous annunciations of the Lord's birth had occurred only within the family, right? Members like Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, Elizabeth. But now I find it interesting that the first annunciation to those outside of the family were not to the priestly establishment in Jerusalem, or those of Herod's royal house, or to the rich landowners of Judea, but rather to these common shepherds. And we know that Jesus, throughout his life, relates to them especially, for he eventually calls himself the Good Shepherd. Now seeing Jesus and being filled with his light Like the shepherds, we make known the message. They must have been really excited and convincing to others because what do we hear? All who heard it were amazed. Amazed. That's so powerful. I'm sure then others wanted to see. So they must have been really excited about it. I'll see how many of you buy tickets next year for that gospel choir. We're here today because of that announcement. And this is a good time to realize that you do not have to have a doctorate in theology or know everything there is to know about church teachings. That's why starting today, I started with the catechism of the Catholic Church. I want to get deeper into it, you know, so I don't have all the answers. And so like the shepherds, you follow the light and you allow the light to be your guide. But all of us who are baptized are called to go out. And if you do it with love, others will be amazed, will be amazed. Now we come to Mary, watching all of this unfold, and she's truly in awe, seeing it. And we hear in our gospel, and Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. God was inviting Mary at that moment to to ponder the gift that she has in front of her. And to ponder the joys and sorrow that would be hers. Mary, the mother of God, took the time to reflect 
on the moments of her son's birth. And in doing that, she was able to cherish the memories. I think all of us, you know, we hear the good news proclaimed and we're invited to treasure it, to ponder it, to reflect on it, and to respond to it, as Mary did. You know, if you're looking for any plan for 2023, I would suggest that you adopt Mary's stance, her stance of reflection, her stance of pondering. Today's feats invites us to, to share in Mary's sense of awe and wonder before a God who is so merciful. As we begin this new year today, let's ask Mary to help us to treasure the gospel as she did, so that Christ might come to others through us as he came to us through Mary. I want you all to have a very holy and wonderful 2023. You know, I got this new calendar I have on my desk. It's kind of, the, it's about uh, sarcastic things every day. And I thought, what does the first day tell me today? It's uh, just kind of, a, kind of a fun thing, you know. And at the first day it says, well, it's been one year since you have not done one thing to grow as a person. And I thought, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. But then I thought about it. You know, it's true. There have been times when I've been lazy or not really taking it seriously. So I want to do that. I, I, my commitment personally is to, to deepen my faith in Jesus Christ. To be a better pastor, a better priest to all of you. And to be more involved and engaged in prayer. I need to be a prayer, a better prayer in my life. And so I ask you, What's your plan? What's your plan? Where do you need to grow in your life? And that is Father John Henderson at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tiger. That was wonderful. I love that. that wow. What are we going to do this new year? That's it. you got to just pick one thing. That's it. Just one. Just one thing. Hey, tonight, don't forget, it's Blazing the Trail. Miriam Marston, by the way, also at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tigard. So join her 7.30 this evening right here on Matra Day Radio, or, of course, anytime on your Hail Mary media app. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Many blessings and hoping you and your family had a joyful Christmas holiday and are ready to kick off 2023. Camp Howard staff are delighted to announce that registration is now open for summer camp at Camp Howard. Visit cyocamphoward.org to register. The number one reason our youth were excited to be back at Camp Howard last summer was the ability to engage in fun activities together with their peers. It's time to give that much needed fellowship, connection, and joy to the kids in your life. Campers enjoy the friendship, camaraderie, natural beauty, and sense of freedom that a week at Camp Howard offers all experienced in a safe environment with caring staff. 
For more information and to register now, please go to cyocamphoward.org. We are currently hiring camp counselors and officials for CYO Track and Field. You can help spread the word with more information on our website at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you, and may God richly bestow His blessings upon you. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Dei Radio. And it is 827 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, if you can't visit the Mediterranean, why not eat like you're there? We'll explain in the news. And Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's body lay in state at the Basilica of St. Peter's. The Vatican has released details of his Requiem Mass. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here's Christmas music with Matt Marr. He shall reign forevermore. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the bleak midwinter, all creation groans And for a world in darkness, frozen like a stone Light is breaking in a stable before a throne If I were a wise man, I would travel far If I were a shepherd
That is Matt Marr, and he shall reign forevermore. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy See Press Office released details of the Requiem Mass, which Pope Francis will preside over on Thursday for the repose of the soul of the late Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Devin Watkins from Vatican News has more details. The rite was taken largely from the rite of Christian burial of a supreme pontiff with several modifications. Matteo Bruni, the director of the Holy See Press Office, told reporters that some parts have been added while others more relevant to the death of a reigning pope have been taken out. As an example, he said the supplications for the Diocese of Rome and the Oriental Churches have been removed, while the readings have also been changed. The mortal remains of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI have been transferred to the Basilica of St. Peter, where they will lay in state for three days to offer the faithful an opportunity for prayer and to pay their final respects to the former Supreme Pontiff. The Pope Emeritus body, resting in front of the altar of confession, is seated in traditional liturgical garments with a mitre but without the pallium that is a symbol of jurisdiction which is normally not used for a retired prelate a simple rosary is held in his interlaced fingers and then tomorrow evening right here in the archdiocese of portland a mass that's right at 5 30 tomorrow at the cathedral of uh, saint mary's of mm-hmm. the immaculate conception they'll have a mass for the whole community to attend along with uh, the local parish priest to uh, can celebrate. Well, if one of your New Year's resolutions is to eat healthier, look no further than the tried and true Mediterranean diet. <laughs> For the sixth year in a row, the Mediterranean style of eating earned the title of best overall diet, according to the 2023 ratings announced Tuesday by U.S. News & World Report. Now, numerous studies have found the Mediterranean diet can reduce the risk for diabetes, high cholesterol, dementia, memory loss, depression, and breast cancer. The diet, which is really more of an eating style than a restrictive diet, has also been linked to stronger bones, a healthier heart, and longer life. Now, the diet features simple plant-based cooking with the majority of each meal focused on fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans and seeds, with a few nuts and a heavy emphasis on extra virgin olive oil. I think you can even have a little glass of red wine in there as well. So do you like hummus? Oh, sure. We, we buy a lot of hummus. I like hummus. Fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, uh, just like a, uh, an appetizer. But the thing with hummus is so often is people use it with chips or with a pita. I love it as a vegetable dip with carrots or yeah. cucumber. Perfect. It's fantastic. Yeah. And of course, that with a nice uh, drizzle of olive oil mm-hmm. on the top of it. It's fantastic. And there's a lot of different flavors, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's garbanzo beans, essentially, ground up, but then you can add different spices and things. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, let's have some today. All right. Well, the hallmark of OSV News, a new Catholic news service that launched January 1st, is to provide news and content that speaks to truth and charity in a way that unites, said OSV publisher Scott Richard. 
Now, a Catholic media company, Our Sunday Visitor, created OSV News last year to fill the anticipated void from the December 30th closure of Catholic News Service, a news agency founded in 2000, excuse me, in 1920 and owned by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. In May, CNS announced that the USCCB had decided to close CNS domestic bureaus in New York and Washington, D.C., eliminating its national news and most of its international news coverage. The USCCB continues to operate CNS Rome Bureau, which reports on the Pope and matters pertaining to the Holy See. And Senator Patty Murray of Washington on Tuesday became the first female Senate president pro tempore, the second highest ranking position in the chamber. The president pro tempore ranks second under the president of the Senate, who is the vice president of the United States and presides over the floor in the vice president's absence. Since the mid-20th century, the president pro tempore has been the senior member of the majority party out of tradition. Well, Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, who is 89 years old, is the most senior Democrat in the upper chamber, having served since 1992. But she declined the role of president pro tempore after the November midterm election. Murray, who is 72 years old, is the senior most Democrat, having served in the Senate since 1993. So I thought I heard yesterday when they were doing this story that so you have the president of the United States and then uh, if, God forbid, something would happen to the president, then it's the vice president that Uh takes over. Then after that, I think it's the speaker Speaker of the house. House. And then after that. It's the the president pro pro tempore. Yeah. Really? I believe that was the line. Very interesting. And in sports, Portland Trailblazers begin a three-game road trip tonight. They face the Minnesota Timberwolves. The contest tips at 5 p.m. Following Monday's home victory over Detroit, Portland sports a record of 19 wins and 17 losses. Along with the win over the Pistons, Blazers fans got their first look at Gary Payton, the second who had yet to play this season while recovering from offseason core muscle surgery. While playing limited minutes, Payton showed his potential, scoring seven points, dishing four assists and grabbing two rebounds. Portland center Yusuf Nurkic was back in the lineup as well following an illness. So I always like stargazing stuff. Do you? Yeah. So so this is cool. This this caught my attention. Uh, something you can check out in the sky this month. It's a newly discovered comet. What? Yeah. First spotted last March as it passed near Jupiter. So it will pass through the inner solar system coming closest to Earth on February 2nd, although... January 21st might be the best time to catch a glimpse. That's because that's when there's the new moon. So it'll be dark. It'll be a darker sky. Now, NASA reports the new comet won't be quite as bright as 2020's comet Neowise, but observers have a good chance to view comet, its name, C2022. That's its official name. It's since it's still very, very bright comet. 
Now, whether or not you'll be able to see it, there's so many factors that play into it, you know, how bright the sky is, clouds, whatever. But I think if you have a good set of binoculars or a telescope, that'll certainly help. So NASA says observers in the northern hemisphere will find the comet in the morning sky as it moves swiftly toward the northwest during January. So something you may want to try to check out. I'm going to check that out. I'm also going to write NASA and come up with a better name than (laughs) C-2022. We can do better than that, NASA. Well, when discussing various teachings of the faith, the word catechism will often be brought up. But what does the word catechism mean? Well, according to the Catholic Encyclopedia, the word catechism stems from a Greek word that's found in the Gospels. It says the word catechesis means instruction by word of mouth, especially by question and answering. Though it may apply to any subject matter, it is commonly used for instruction in the elements of religion, especially preparation for initiation into Christianity. So a catechism is simply a printed version of this concept featuring questions and answers on all aspects of the Catholic faith. Now, the Catholic Church has many different catechisms in her history, the most well-known being the Roman Catechism from the Council of Trent and the Big Green Book we know as the Catechism of the Catholic Church stemming from the Second Vatican Council. Now, besides these universal catechisms, local bishops have produced their own catechisms, such as the Baltimore Catechism in the United States. Now, catechisms remain a vital part of the church's life as they contain a synopsis of what the Catholic Church teaches, making the faith intelligible for people in their contemporary context. So uh, I'm going through a study right now yes, of the are. catechism with a group from Holy Redeemer. Thank goodness I have a group to help explain some of these things because it can be a little bit heady. So this is like a year-long process, correct? It's a year-long process. Father Mike Schmidt has broken it out. 365 podcasts. Okay. I don't know if they're all recorded or not, but uh, he brings on different guests to introduce the different pillars. I'm They kind of broke it down in a way that uh, kind of helps... Mm-hmm. Um, organize it a little bit easier for people like me who need a little bit extra in explanation. So do you listen to like one a day? Is that the idea? That's the idea. Okay. Yep. That is the idea. All so right. it just began uh, January 1st. Yeah. So I mean, you have plenty of time to catch up. Okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on January 12th at 6 o'clock p.m. is a monthly night of hope and healing at St. Alice Parish in Springfield. Join Father Mark Benz every second Thursday of the month for a night of hope and healing, starting with a bilingual rosary that's in English and Spanish at 6 o'clock p.m. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So we have a second cup that kind of uh, goes along with the new year. Is that correct? That's right. We're going to talk about ways that Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, can help you have a fantastic year. I like that. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Thank you. 
There is one thing in our lives over which we have complete control, forgiveness. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Jesus gave us the power to forgive when he poured out the Holy Spirit on us on the day of his resurrection. But we must decide to forgive, acknowledging the wrong done, and seek to set it right. Life according to the rule of St. Benedict can remind us that forgiveness does not mean being friends with the one I forgive. To forgive demands simply that I unbind that person from any claims of vengeance and that I ask God to do the same. In that way, two people are set free, the one who forgives and the one who is forgiven. For your free copy of the rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. We have all been hurt or wronged by someone. Are we ready to make the decision to forgive that person, or at least to ask God to make us ready one day? Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It is 843 and Mater Day Radio. Well, it could get a little windy out there later today. There is a high wind advisory in effect starting at 3 o'clock this afternoon, running through tomorrow morning. We'll see a high today, 43 degrees, 80% chance of rain. Then windy, breezy overnight tonight, low of 53. And then for tomorrow, Thursday, again, 80% chance of rain, rainy and breezy as well, high of 49. It is currently 42 degrees at Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic High School in Vancouver. And on her feast day, 39 degrees at Elizabeth Ann Seton Church in Aloha. Out of coffee? No need to worry. Mater Day Radio is brewing a second cup of the morning blend. Oh, I can't help but smile, David, just thinking about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. I have a funny story. In fact, we were just talking about it the other day. Once when our kids were uh, younger, we went to a saint's fair at St. Joseph's Catholic Church where they were at at school there. Right. And uh, my daughter, Amanda, uh, came as uh, St. Kateri Tekawitha. So she had a little buckskin outfit mm-hmm. on that we actually had from home and, nice. and braids in her hair. And our daughter, Ashlyn, whose middle name is Elizabeth, came as Elizabeth Ann Seton. And she was real salty about it because she had to dress all in black ah. because that's what the pictures were. And she had a black hat on. Right. And she was unhappy oh. about that because she wanted to wear something different than that, like 
Bucks can sure, like yeah, Saint Catherine. Well, it turns out that uh, her patron saint made herself known. It actually was Elizabeth of Hungary. So then she got really upset because uh, she said, "I could have been a princess uh, uh, on that." And yeah. and here it is. I said, "Well, you know, Saint Elizabeth and Seton pray for you too. There you go. Uh, even if you uh, weren't wearing the black or didn't like wearing her black, but." Well, David, we've been talking a lot this week, even a little bit last week, about New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. right? And things that we can do. Even Father uh, Henderson talked about right. what he can do this year. Well, th- I found this great article, Alatea.org, and it's not as much of resolutions, but it's a way that we can call on the intercession of our Blessed Mother and help us just guide us during this year just Mm -hmm. to have a more peaceful and fulfilling life so i thought i would spend some time talking today about some of her example and how we can uh, use that to walk with her this year sure so the first one and this is perfect because you know after this christmas break you're with family and friends and the new year to celebrate well we're back at work and we're really kind of setting out for a new year but you want to make sure that you live in that passion You need to be able to keep calm under pressure because, boy, you know, things in life and home and work, it can be really difficult, right? So when life seems to get out of control, we can seek the serenity by following Mary's example. In fact, Alatea points out, being the highly favored one came with a lot of responsibilities. She was the mother of God. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit of a stress, (laughs) right? But uh, Mary had no idea what Joseph, her betrothed, would say to her about conceiving the son of God, but she remained calm and humble. Mm-hmm. And she knew that God would provide for her and Joseph stayed with her. So I think that, that is fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Do you think you've got pressure? Oh, our blessed mother for sure. We've talked about this before. When you encounter people that have that humility and calmness to them, they're such a calming presence when you're with them mm-hmm. versus yes. people who are, you know, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and then you run across these people and it's just like, wow, that's nice. I, uh, I'm i a little bit excitable of a person, so I definitely <laughs> no. see... <laughs> you don't get that? <laughs> uh, I definitely seek out people who have that calmness about them. Yeah. Because when you are calm, it allows you to think mm-hmm. very clearly. Yeah. And and I tend to, if I get overexcited or overstressed, my... I I don't think as deeply and work through situations. Mm -hmm. Another one is is this, and I love this idea because so much we are told, oh, you you can say no to things, say no to things, right? Well, sometimes it's easy to say no, especially if you're feeling unsure. Right. But imagine getting a visit from an angel Mm -hmm. who says that you know God's chosen you to give birth to His Son, and Mary, she it was unknown to her. And she said, yes, mm-hmm. anyway. Right. So maybe before you're quick to say no to something, just think about Mary and be willing to say, yes, mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I, I, I feel that I'm I'm being called. Right. All right. So today on our second cup, we're talking about ways that a blessed mother can help us have a fantastic 2023. Now for parents, you know, our children trigger many emotions, including worry. Mm-hmm. I even as the a parent of adult children. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought that that would end when they got yeah. out on their own. No, never ends. it doesn't no. end. And I've got to learn how to let that go. Right. They will figure that out. Well, Mary and Joseph went through 
every parent's nightmare. Imagine this. Uh, you go to the temple in a caravan, and then, you know, you kind of separate on the walk home after a couple of days. They came back together and realized that 12-year-old Jesus wasn't there. He wasn't there. I've lost my children, like, in the grocery store before. That's a terrible it's feeling. It's a panicky feeling, that's that, for sure. And no doubt, they they panicked for sure, I'm sure. But they went back to the temple, trusting in God's will. And, well, there he was in his father's house, he said. And, uh, well, they realized that, that Christ was on his path, and they had to let him be who God had intended him to do. Right. This one is unusual, and I read this one, I thought, well, I don't under quite understand how Mary can help us, but Alatea suggests to allow Mary to help you fulfill your civic duty. Oh. Isn't that real That's interesting? That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Whether it's making the effort to vote or file your taxes or, you know, maybe show up for jury duty if you've been called. Well, Mary made sure she was present for the census in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. even though she was heavily pregnant. And she followed the precepts and laws of her time, so doing, being a good citizen. Right. You think about that. Even the laws of the church, presenting Christ uh, in the temple and naming him on the day of his circumcision. Those are all requirements that were made on her, and she fulfilled those. So, well, Yeah, or, or maybe it could be something really as simple as volunteering somewhere, you know? That's, Absolutely. That, 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 that's a civic duty as well, helping out in your community. Maybe it's uh, some sort of environmental project that you want to help with, help with the planet, Laudato Sea, doing something that is going to improve our living. Oh, for sure. And in fact, I think Alatea was thinking exactly of that, being there for others in need, yeah. right? We often shy away from helping those in need because it can make us feel uncomfortable or we don't like what it calls us to do and mary faced many difficult situations also but well you know when she was pregnant she made haste to help her pregnant older cousin elizabeth remember that story and when she went through the agony of watching her son be crucified you know if we are present and attentive to those in need we're imitating one of mary's finest qualities, mm. finest. I think that's perfect. Yeah. And so, uh, and then lastly, be of humble heart. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. As human beings, Mary was and will always be unique. She was the chosen woman, the one who gave birth to the son of God. She didn't flaunt it. She didn't brag about it or allow it to go to her head, making her feel like she was somebody more important than others. And as Jesus grew up, well, she witnessed many amazing things, and she continued, as we just heard in the gospel reading, she pondered them in her heart. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, so beautiful. Accept these uh, tasks from the Lord and think about Mary and how she would have done something yeah. and been similar. With calmness and humility. I love that. With calmness and humility. We hope you enjoyed today's Second Cup. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. 
Please join me in praying the Memorare to Saint Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bezania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. We'll talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of folks, they travel down to the San Francisco Bay Area for business and work, and uh-huh. they're supposed to just get really hit hard with the storm. Really? Today through tonight into tomorrow, like high winds, uh, heavy rain. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting what happens in the bay area over the next 24 hours with the storm expected to hit down there they just got a bunch of rain too over the uh, new year's i know in southern california my mom had said the same thing that she said would you believe it it's actually raining yeah so uh if you're heading that way uh just a heads up to you here we are going to see some breezy conditions uh we'll have a high of around 43 degrees today 80 percent chance of rain again breezy overnight Low of 43, and then for Thursday, 80% chance of rain, breezy again with a high of 49. It's currently 43 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Sarah Kroger with Impossible Things. And you're listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Sarah Kroger and Impossible Things. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the Morning Blend this morning, January 4th. First week of the new year, just sipping right through. Oh my gosh, and before we know it, summer will be here. No, not... <laughs> oh, Wait I a minute. Don't we was... have to get to spring first? Let's get to spring. Well, let's get through winter. Let's yeah. give every season its time. It's a gift from God. Yes, we have a ways to go in the winter months, so enjoy it while it's here. That is going to wrap it up for us. Remember, Blazing the Trail on this evening at 7.30. You can also listen to the podcast on the Hail Mary media app.